What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for being here. This is episode seven, yes, seven of the Critical Strike podcast by .esports. Enrique Demore, Tyler Escara, and Meg K here with you as always, and continuing the tradition of bringing on fantastic, unparalleled levels of guest appearances. We have Dan Wyatt, uh, otherwise known as Foxtrot. That's what you might know him better as, but comes from the European scene, the UK scene, uh, depending on who you ask. I don't know. We'll leave plausible deniability there. But he's known from EU Masters, he's done some LEC stuff, uh, but why don't I let him introduce himself and his credentials. Foxdrop, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing absolutely wonderfully. It is a grisly, moody, grey evening here in uh, in England. Yep, so, got the same thing out of my window. Just had to yeah. double check, but it is horrible weather, as it as, always is over here. As if you had to double check. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lie. <laughs> you knew oh, straight up that that was going to be horrible weather. No, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing fab. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. How, do you, how are you liking the, the snow? I know that was that was a big deal. That y'all got snow. None down week. here, man, I'm afraid. It was no. snow. No, apparently it was snowing everywhere, but... Nope, yeah, Meg, Meg posted a picture. I'm like, oh, I'm proud. I'm so happy because she was like, I haven't seen snow in years or something. I was yeah. possibly, I have um, a dog and he's kind of young. So it's the first time, no, second time he's ever seen snow. Aww. He did not know what to do with himself. He was having <laughs> a wonderful time, but we've already deviated off esports. So yes, we should we're probably bring it back around. Instead of dot esports is dog esports. But yeah, no, no, you can't back. leak the script, dude. We've got to wait till like, we're fools for that. Uh, true, 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 true. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, the, in the spirit of not burying any leads, the LEC did come and go this week—a super week. Some things uh, stayed the same, but some things I think are worth overreacting to, or just offering tepid takes. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll take the temperature of the host here. Uh, me in California offering a little more tepid takes, but uh, the the rest of the gang up in frigid weather uh, offering maybe some colder takes. G two went undefeated, which we kind of expected, but also. You never quite know with G2. Let's start with them. Did anything surprise you uh, about how they played? I mean, like it, it felt like the, the most surprising thing the G2 did was make a couple games go longer than they should have and, like, Ivern top. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we were expecting a, th- a pretty clean week from G2. Uh, I mean, the, the only reason why G2 might not have, have had a perfect week is because it's G2 and they tend to start a little bit slow. But outside of that, all things considered, G2 look like the strongest team in Europe on paper. They have a crazy track record of being the strongest team in Europe. And, you know, with the addition of Reckless, like, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting them to be pretty much on top for the whole for the whole year, to be honest. But that game against Excel, though, that, yeah. that was genuinely very surprising. Because I, like... I thought this XR roster was okay. Like, I think Chekalad's a very strong upgrade. Like, I think he's a really good player, but I wasn't expecting a huge amount. But that, like, that was genuinely very impressive out of them. I feel like they were able to match G2 step for step a lot of, like, for a lot of that game. And I felt like G2 were legitimately sweating for some of that game, which is not something that a lot of teams in the LEC can say that they've done to G2. So, like, I don't know if that means that XL are good or G2 are not... (laughs) up to speed just yet i can't tell i think it's more so like because with this roster it's like really easy to underestimate people just because you are far and away clearly the best team in the region um maybe they just didn't like they maybe they underestimated them we don't know right uh i think that g2 like foxtrot said i think that they're gonna be the team for pretty much the whole year especially with this roster i think this is like 
honestly, it's like unfair how good they are, especially but, if they're like running on all cylinders. But, but I'm gonna I'm gonna slide on in with my first hot take of the day. Rogue mm. might be better than G2 mm. right ah. now. Everybody get out the way, Meg. The floor is entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's very little that we can see, right, from the opening games that they've had because they didn't play against any like insanely strong opponents. I wouldn't. Basically, we'll only really know what they look like when they get to play G2. However, at no point in any of the games that Rogue played did it ever really look like they were going to lose. And sure, they played against Excel, Fnatic, SK, which, like, those teams aren't bad, maybe. Depends on how you look at it. But they're not, like, a true test of what Rogue can do. But they looked so strong. Like, there was no moment in any of those games where I was like, Rogue might not win this. They just, they loaded into the game, and from minute one, it felt like they had pretty much everything under control, which I don't think the same can be said for G2. Yeah. I think, I, I think with G2, I mean, like you said, that the roster on paper is so good that the floor is so low that I, I think you might see G2 coast more. I mean, Spring Split in general, but I think you might see G2 coast at this iteration a little bit more than usual because they're like them coasting would look like, you know, like a 37 minute victory against an XL team that I do think is better uh, than people thought. I think I think as far as early, early split surprises, I think Excel has taken everyone by surprise, like we said, you know. Chekolad what came in with a lot of hype. Uh, but I thought he held his own against Caps. Cries, I loved his his champion pool. He was the only other person that played Enchanters in the top lane uh, and, and was a Moonstaff abuser. We didn't see any sort of supportive junglers like like we did in the LCS, right? Like with, with Nidalee, you can kind of build her. Otherwise, with Lilia, you can kind of build her Moonstaff. None of the Nidalees or Lilias were built that way. The only time we saw that was Enchanters in the top lane. And he was the only one other than Wonder that opted to do that. Um... To Meg's point about Rogue, uh, I'm a big Rogue believer. I think that this team just like they improved, they they upgraded their roster in the off season. Um, I'm super excited to see how Trimby does in the bottom lane for the rest of the split. I mean, uh, I don't put them over G2, but I think they are a pretty solid. Like I, I say, like ninety percent, they're gonna be second place. But why not? Is it just because G2 a G2? Outright firepower in the in the off season. I think, and not in the offseason, in the in the in the playoffs. I think that like when it comes down to it, G two just has those types of players to take over in multiple roles. Uh, caps is caps, and now they have Reckless, who we know can take over games that and then like show up. I know that like Rogue has that too, but like G two has has those like proven guys that like show up and make things count. Like we saw that multiple times with Caps, where he like literally had to put the team in his bag, backpack, to, like, bring them to victory. And I think that when it comes down to, like, a series, for example, like, G2 is going to do G2 things to Rogue. Yeah, that doesn't mean to say that Rogue is not a good okay. team. Like, I think Rogue Foxtrot, is a, back me up here, because I feel like you'll be okay. the only person that's on my side for this. Are Rogue better than G2? Oh, Meg. Oh, Meg, oh, Meg, oh, Meg, you should not have come here. <laughs> uh, nah. Come on, I think man. Ro Rogue's, Rogue is very good, and they are guaranteed 100% in my eyes top three. Um, Mostly depending on, you know, like how Fnatic bounces back, because I still think you can't really count them out of the top three spot. But uh, 
I'm not convinced they're better than G2. I think it will really depend, obviously, when they go head to head and uh, and all that lovely business. But just just the pedigree of talent that you have on G2, um, it's it's just too much. You know, like Wonder's probably the top best top player in the league. Jankos has won MVPs like a million times. Caps is the best player in in Europe. Reckless is reckless. You know, do you know what I mean? Like you just go down that roster and and it's just toe to toe. They're just such a good team, and I think. I think Rogue definitely, at least at this point, is the team that looks to challenge G2 the most. And that's going to be really exciting when they do come up against each other. But, um, you know, I think I think it's I, I think it's a very, very big mountain to have to climb over to, to say that you're better than G2. And, you know, it's only been one week and I'm not... I'm not willing to put Rogue in, in that camp. Just and, and here's the other thing. I mean, they face off against each other in Week Four. That is now the match that everyone has bookmarked more than uh, more than Fnatic G2 in Week Three. I think so far. But even oh, it if me about that match, even if even if Rogue were to curb stomp G2 in Week Four, nothing would matter because G2 have have, have done this so often until they lose a best of five in a final in in an actual final. Sorry, Meg. Then. They are then no one's going to care about anything. G two could G two could run it yeah. in the second half of the split, sneak into playoffs, and win the best of five at the end, and no one will look at the split any differently. Oh, like, you have no idea G2, how much that G two's done that. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we, we, like, it, it sucks, but I'm not wrong. Yeah, no, like like G two is G, like like even if they lose, everyone's like, well, they're going to win anyway because they have. They, oh, they, they but, do that. Oh, they do that every time. And vexes so... me. Vexes. <laughs> Why are you they vexed, just mate? get to like it. <sighs> Because they're so good that they get the opportunity to just... Ha-ha, through the split. Yeah, they just get mm-hmm. to, like, meme it and, like, limit test. Obviously, saying that players meme it is kind of an exaggeration. Every player wants to win. Every player plays as though they want to win. Because they get to a certain point where you lose enough games and you can't make playoffs no matter how good your victory run is. But the fact that they have this pedigree that's just like... Just like run it down a little bit at the start of the split, and then we'll probably be fine because we can go on like a huge winning streak. It just oh, as an adjacent <laughs> Fnatic fan, it bothers me immensely because I wish Fnatic could have done that. Look, I, I just think that one of the biggest, like, so one of the biggest things that I thought could, if anything were to go wrong, is how Reckless fits into that roster. Um, and now he has the best synergy. KDA in the league. And and the thing Ugh. is, is that. <laughs> what we've seen so far, I mean, obviously, there's like a honeymoon phase that comes with winning and joining a new team. But what we've seen so far, it looks pretty good. The guy's smiling. He looks happy. He looks pretty content with him. And he Caps is. is so cute. Like, yo, the the Caps recaps. Yeah, that was great. Ugh. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I think I think that G two just has too much on the on on their plate for people to handle. I think that G two right now it's like on a different level. It's like everyone else and then you look way up and it's g2 one thing i will say in favor of g2 is that mickey x is on one like (laughs) he's always been good and i think he's often gotten a little bit underappreciated just because of the people that he's on a roster with but damn he absolutely smurfed it this weekend on like champions that you shouldn't be able to smurf it on he smurfed it 26 out of 28 kill participation in that game uh against xl he looked really really sharp uh, on the Thresh as well against SK. And SK, I don't think, are actually half bad. I think they're another team that, like Mad Lions, kind of got a tough draw in Week 1. Uh, so but before we, we get to Fnatic, just for the sake of uh, of segues, let's talk about those two teams. Because I think that as far as 
deceptive one and two records. Mad Lions more so than SK, um, but I feel like those two teams have the most deceptive, uh, you know, because there are seven teams at one and two, but those two feel like, you know, two two of the ones that just got a kind of a, a roll draw in uh, in week one. I really don't know how to feel about this mad roster. Like, I don't know. It just, they feel so different to what they were last year. And like, they had the really close showing in their opening game. And then they've just felt like their games have been very nothing. Like, even their wins have been very like, eh, all right then. I don't know. I'm really, I have really mixed feelings on this new mad roster. I think, I think they just need to, because, okay. Uh, let's be real, right? Like, Mad Lions were, like, the sweethearts of the LEC last year. Especially with, like, all the flavor that they brought on and off the Rift. I think that we just need... I think I think people just need time to warm up to them. I think that... They can be a good a good team to, 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 to root for. It's just right now... I hate using this whole... Uh, it's early, give them time to get their feet in the water type thing. But I think with this roster, it's, it, it is true because they're joining three guys who were, who played an entire year, went to Worlds together. Like Armut and Elioya, I think that they just need to um, find their fit with this roster for them to start really finding a true identity. Um, but until then, you're going to get those games that are kind of just meh in your, like, like how you said, it's just meh wins. But until they're able to find their identity within the team in order to be able to create a full team with identity, it's just going to feel like that for now. So. I, 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 I thought Oyoya looked all right. I mean, he was good on the carry junglers. I mean, he was good on, on, on Nidalee and against Misfits. Again, that's a, that's a tough team. I think people are realizing that. And I think as soon as you, Razork went ballistic on Olaf, uh, Vethio, I think once they take away the Zoe from him, look, we, we can talk about that even as its own segment. But I mean, when you look at even just KDA, let, let's let's not you know pretend we didn't even watch the games. Humanoid and Karzi against Misfits, oh thirteen and eleven. I'm sorry, look, you, you, there's only so much Elioya can do. Foxtrap, what, what were your takeaways there? Is is Elioya just being asked to do too much? Should he not be on these carry style jungles, even though that is the meta, and just you know work to assist his lanes more? Or is, is there no no help that could have even saved them right there? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't point anything as Elioya from from uh, week one, honestly. I think so. He was someone who was playing in the Spanish Spanish scene, and I got to uh, see him at EU Masters, and he was always very, very hyped up as kind of like the next jungle prodigy. Uh, alongside, you know, Vitero was in a similar situation, but coming out of the French scene in the mid lane. Uh, so these these were two big names that I was looking uh, looking forward to watching in the LEC this year, and I think honestly, Mad Lions with their issues so far. I'd put a lot of blame on Humanoid, honestly, because he was absolutely sprinting it in week one. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> he was, he was, I mean, this is a guy, like, he was, he was at All-Stars, right? Like, he's not a bad mid laner. And we know, we know that he can be very, very solid. He's a very talented guy. Um, so that's why I'm not particularly worried about it, because I'm, like, unless he's completely washed just randomly from 2020 to 2021, which I don't think is the case, then you know that you're going to get that stability back and i think once your mid laner starts performing better then the jungler can start doing more things and then when you've got a better mid jungle the whole team looks better so I, I still think mad lions are a good team i think they'll be a playoff team what i'm mostly looking forward to as a, as a question mark for them uh is week two on uh saturday they play Fnatic. so I think, you know, Fnatic obviously a team that want to bounce back. But more importantly, I'm looking at the top play matchup with uh, Armour into Whippo. Because from what I saw from Armour, 
he looked pretty good, honestly, in week one. Uh, he looked like one of the better tops in the league, just the way he was playing and the pressure that he was having. Uh, but he did get some favorable matchups, and I think he's really going to be tested when he's playing versus uh, Bwipo. Uh, because I think Bwipo is one of the better laners as well, so he's not going to have an easy time of things, and then we'll really get to see what he's made of uh, after that game. Let's, let's talk about Fnatic real quick, because they, mm. they bounced back against Schalke, and, and praise the Lord, they did. I mean, that, that was a pretty stompy game. That one felt pretty dominant there, uh, despite my boy Broken Blade's best efforts on the Jacks. Uh, they they had a rough first couple of games, but again, you go into Rogue, and I think Misfits will end up being a better team than people thought. That it was on Zoe, you can make all those excuses, whatever. Or maybe they're not excuses. Meg, how did you see these these first couple of games, anyway, for Fnatic? I didn't see. I watched them with my eyes shut after, like, the first five minutes. I, oh, so here's the thing. Um, I spoke to uh, Larson after... Um, their match against Fnatic and he was like he described it as um, and I think I couldn't put it any better than this it's a Yamato draft whereby like some of the the really broken stuff just kind of just kind of gets through like they got Pantheon and Kaiser in that draft Rogue did and Fnatic it didn't feel like they got anything strong enough as a trade-off that made it worth allowing Inspired who is an insane jungler to get one of the stronger junglers in the game right now like, I don't... Also, there's just the fact that the entire team looks like they're in complete chaos, but I think that's just something that will come with time. Like, you can't expect you replace, or you... Yeah, I guess replace is the right word. You change two of, like, the most important damage-oriented roles on your team. There's going to be a little bit of, like, int in the first few weeks as they get used to working around, like, the top and the support who are um, have some opinions about engaging that I do not necessarily agree with but that have worked for them in the past and it's definitely going to take time so I'm not as worried as I think a lot of people are but these showings were poor like there's no real two ways about it Fnatic have so badly underperformed in their opening games. Foxdrop you worried you think it's just a matter of time or is it uh, burn it down and start over again? Oh no it's definitely a matter of time like exactly as Meg said like you, you you've changed your mid laner you've changed your AD carry and I like Reckless as well is, is a big voice in Fnatic so like the, the whole team synergy has gone out the window it takes a while for mid jungle to synergize anyway plus you've also changed your coaching staff like this is something where I just think yeah there's going to be growing pains and Fnatic, Fnatic is still too good to not be a, a top team in the league especially in this meta which I think I think self-made is, is the best jungler we, in Europe, and this is the self-made meta, like straight-up self-made meta. Um, he was he looked like one of the better junglers in in uh, at Worlds as well, honestly. Um, and he was able to play this, the same the same style. So I definitely think they'll be able to bounce back. I'm not expecting any crazy, uh, you know, anything crazy where they miss playoffs or something. Especially since I feel like Fnatic's worst performing members. Well, players that we know can be good, like basically anyone not named Niski and uh, Upset, I think they play <laughs> fine. So, yeah, I mean, we know the other players can get back to form, and I think that's that's my expectation moving forward. Yeah, I think the Fanatics just like the amount of changes that they went through, and let's let's like they lost the face of the franchise. Mm -hmm. That's huge, and to come in and like for example. There's still a ton of pressure on them. There's a ton of pressure on the players that came in. 
And right now they're gonna have to get through this rough patch. Um, I won't. I, I wouldn't put it past them to be like you know middling team through like weeks three even, um, even four. Uh, but I do think that yeah, like we 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 know we know the capabilities of the guys on this team, and uh, it is gonna be the self-made show, especially if the meta stays how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is cracked on carry junglers, <laughs> and I think that uh, once him and Niski are able to get their ish together, basically, I think it's gonna be really really good because we've seen how Niski can be if he can work well with their jungler yeah and like uh, he played with blabber right like there's not any jungler that's more like i'm gonna hunt down the enemy jungler steal their raptors and then like steal their girlfriend right in front of them like there's not really many players that have that same kind of attitude and i think self-made's one of them so in terms of like the ability to transition the play style from na to eu i think he has an easier job than he would on a lot of teams like if he were going to g2 i think he'd find it a lot harder but Oh, I because this team has so many expectations on them, I feel like in order for their mental to not completely explode from like fan expectations, they need to turn it around fast. Because like, people are real quick to jump on Fnatic whenever anything goes mildly wrong, both like fans wow. and people who don't like them. What what is your turnaround for them then? Like how long how long do you give them before? Oh, this is I am a bad person to ask this question. Um. <laughs> I mean, ideally, I'd say, can you win some games next week, please? Preferably both of them. But I think they get about three weeks, three or four weeks of, like, trial and error. And then if it's still not working after... Obviously, I'm not saying kick any of your players or anything like that, but maybe reevaluate the way you're looking at, like, team comms or reevaluate the way that you're looking at draft or who you're putting the potential to carry on. And just try some different stuff because if this doesn't work for three or four weeks, then there's a much bigger problem than just growing pains. I think. Yeah, with a roster this talented, you do have to look at more of the behind the scenes stuff. And obviously, we only have so much access to that. Uh, but yeah, losing the face of your franchise, the guy who wants to win more than literally anything, the guy who raises the level of all your other players—that's uh, that, that's pretty tough. We are going to uh, shift it here as we get closer to the halfway point to a little segment that we. I guess I don't know if you do it if you do it twice. It's a tradition. Uh, so it's a tradition now that we do it here on the Critical Strike Podcast. A little segment yes. called "Who He Play For." And to that, Who I turn it over to my co-host Tyler Escara. Yeah. So um, again, for anybody who's not familiar, there is a so on uh, NBA on TNT they host a little segment called "Who He Play For," and it's basically um, Shaquille O'Neal asks Charles Barkley. So in this case, our Charles Barkley would be Foxdrop. And uh, he basically asks who he play for, and then names uh, names a player, and then the 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 person needs to guess where they're playing. Now, um, obviously, the NBA is a lot smaller than the League of Legends scene, but these are pretty recognizable names. But but it's f- for anyone <laughs> who watched the Bloop episode last week, it's not easy. It these is. these are not easy players to name. Yes. So, like last week, for example, we said uh, who he play for. Zazel, and Zazel's playing on an amateur team in the Risen Champions League, and Bloop, our, our past guest, was not able to get that at all. So can't say now, we blame him. Yeah, yeah, because none of us got it either. Nope. Yep. So now we're going to test Fostrop, see if he has some any any uh, obscure League of Legends knowledge uh, hidden in the back of his head. Um, okay. So let's go for the first player. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. Who he played for? Steelback. Uh, is he still on? He's on LDLC, no? Is that your final answer? Yeah, final answer. Close. He is. That's close. You are in the right league in the LFL. Yeah, he's in the LFL for sure. But he's playing for Solari. Ah, uh, my bad. Okay. Solari. So that's actually a pretty. Cl- that's like a, what, half, a half a point. point. You get a half. Point. It's a half point. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, is he still support? Or is he AD carry now? AD carry. Oh wow, he's soft skin. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, wait. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me check that. I think actually he might be. Uh, no, he's support now. He's support. 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 Yeah. He did not switch back. Okay. All right. Who he played for? Special. <sighs> oh, I know this one. Uh, Special's playing for a, a Spanish team. Shitting hell. Who is he playing for? Mm. <laughs> Um, excuse my French. Uh, is it like SVP or like 2VP or something VP? I'm going to give it to you. That's who he played for. Special plays for S2V Esports. Ah, there it is. And the LVP. <laughs> wow. That was, you know that was, was actually surprising. I'm, I'm surprised. Do you actually want to know cool. why I know that? That's This is actually kind of what? crazy because bef- like as I picked up, um, as I picked up this call to join this, open this podcast, I opened up the LEC on uh, Leaguepedia because I wanted to check like um, upcoming schedule or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. results or that kind of thing. And then I saw Excel and I was like, I wonder what happened to Special. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I checked him out. No I'm genuinely not. I'm, that's why I, I kind of knew it, but not really because it was just like a passing <laughs> thought where I thought I'd Ew. check it out. But I kind of cheated on that one. That's Sorry. serendipitous. That right oh, no, yeah, exactly. no, that's just, no, that, that is serendipitous. Prepared. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one might be a little harder. Okay. Last one, by the way. All right. Foxtrot, who he you play for? Mike Young. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, okay, can I get two guesses? Is, is, there, is there any chance this is a trick question he doesn't play for anyone? He does play for someone. He does okay, play okay. for someone. Okay. I'm going to assume he's part of like a college, collegiate team. Um, okay. I don't bloody know. Here, how about in, instead of yeah, instead of two guesses, we'll say yes, you are correct, and he's part of a collegiate team. We'll narrow it down for you. Okay, you I think he's Canadian, so no, he's not Canadian actually. Okay, oh my goodness, I I really just pick uh, a random state. You, there's a, a chance state. you'll get it. <laughs> okay, let's see, random state. I'm gonna go with he's playing for. Actually, I'll say I'll say Toronto. I know that's not I know it's not America, but is that is, is Toronto in, in the collegiate scene? Because that would be a bad guess if they're they, not even in the scene. Are they? I believe they JJ was on Toronto's University the Toronto. the old FlyQuest support was on Toronto's university team, but I don't know if that counts in the American collegiate leagues or not. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it does as of right now. I don't think it does. Probably should or will soon. Yeah, let's. He's playing for Team Team NYC. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you did get the collegiate part. You, you did get the collegiate part because he did want to. He, he did want to go back to college. He's playing for UC Irvine. Holy shit! I was gonna say Irvine. Wow, <laughs> I thought Irvine was a city. Is Wait, he it studying is, computer science? Just no, if anyone knows, I I actually don't know. Do not know, but uh, but because I can't. Irvine. Right, let me check. Because I cannot think of an esports like personality who has gone to college and has not studied computer science. <laughs> Yeah, UC, UC Irvine is about 20 minutes up the road from me. And when I, because I went to high school down here, when I toured UC Irvine, 
they said, yeah, we've got uh, 24. And this is back in 2014, mind you. Uh, okay. They said, we've got 24 NCAA championships, and one of them is in League of Legends. And that was like their fun fact. I was like, whoa. Wow. Uh, so they have had a collegiate program there for a while. It's it's pretty legit, uh, all things considered. Uh, it's one of the more established ones. They never kind of completed it at, at like a high, high level, but now with more investment into the collegiate yeah. scene, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're moving up. And it's crazy. Mike Young's only 21. He made his no LCS. way. That's, that's crazy to me. He made like, his LCS debut like right after graduating high school. Damn. Oh god. Well, you know what? At least he's not like. At least he's going back to to, to college and mm-hmm. doing his thing. Like yeah. at least he's doing that. Oh yeah. Um. Do you guys want to feel on the subject of um people being super young in esports? Do you guys want to feel really really old? Yeah. Oh no. It was Inspired's nineteenth birthday this weekend. <laughs> Shit. He's 19. Yeah, he, I was talking to um, someone who works at Rogue and he had his 17th, he had his 18th birthday in his first split (laughs) of the LEC. Oh my gosh. That stings a bit, doesn't it? What's happening? Am I old? Is he, is he like, (laughs) is he like tall? Because I feel like he, like, that's why I, I didn't like, in all the promo stuff, he looks like really tall and big. Am I, is that... Oh, no. I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I think he's that tall, honestly. I think he's probably maybe five nine. Dang. Wait, oh, you guys. Damn, don't... that's not tall. Sure. That's not that tall. <laughs> I was gonna say, it shows you the Napoleon complex I'm dealing with. <laughs> my gosh. I'm right. totally not five nine as well. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, we, we we've learned a lot here on the first half of episode seven of the Critical Strike Podcast. We're gonna take it to a quick break. When we come back, week two will not be a super week by the strict definition, but I think it'll still be a super week. Uh, we are going to preview some games, preview some storylines, and still have yet to fully flesh out Don't Go Welcome back, everyone. Part two of episode seven of the Critical Strike Podcast. Myself, Henry Gage Moore, along with Meg K, Tyler Escara, and Foxtrot here with us from the EU Master Scene and the LEC to talk week two of the LEC. Now, after a, I was going to say wild week one, but it really wasn't actually that wild, uh, especially as far as week ones go. I fully expected G2 to lose a game just because that's what they do, which uh, I'm, I'm not going to give away my spicy take for, for later in the segment. Let's start with uh, week two. When we were, when we were talking uh, during the break, it felt like this is with with Excel on the table as well as Fnatic uh, for Mad Lions. This is a big, big week for Mad Lions. But let's start with that game that's going to end the Saturday slate. Uh, Fnatic, Mad Lions, Meg. Why why do you think this is a uh, the game worth watching? I think this one is the like the the placement game. If you like, I think this will set the bar for who is it that you have to beat to get into like the top half of the, the LEC because the gate, the gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper game. I think um, Mad have looked good, if a little shaky at times. They've like clearly had some issues, and I don't think they came out quite as strong as everyone was maybe expecting them to. Fnatic have looked the way that they have looked we have we've talked about the the issues that Fnatic have had but there is potential for them to bring it back and i think if they can beat mad in this game i think that will be like a really really good mental turning point for both that team and their fans plus i think we get the the arm up whippo matchup that foxtrot mentioned earlier that i think is going to be a very interesting one to watch because i think those two players will have a very interesting 
top lane dance, especially because their junglers don't tend to be people that come top lane all that much. So we kind of get to see whether junglers redirect their attention to top lane or if we get the, the, the spicy 1v1 for those two players. Um, I think that if Fnatic... Because, okay. I can see Fnatic going 2-0 next week, and I think that that would wipe the slate clean a little for them. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really important for them actually to get... Like, I, I expect them to win against Vitality, but then I can't... I can't be you can't trust yourself sure. to say it. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you need to get something out of this week. Uh, like, gets, give 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 the fans kind of some semblance of Throw them a bone. Oh, yeah, exactly. Throw them a bone. Um, a 2-0 is the most, obviously, obviously, it's the most ideal. But, like, especially now, especially against Mad Lions, who have shown that they can be a top team, they will be a top team. If you can win here, set the precedent, and, 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 and you know, get the ball rolling. I think that's the biggest thing. I think that right now, momentum is going to be really important for them. And uh, if they can get a win against Mad Lions, that's going to be huge for this first half of, like, the spring. And then moving over to uh, Fox throughout the game that you chose was Misfits SK. Misfits coming on strong here. They look like they had uh, a lot of high highs, but then that loss to Vitality, I think maybe tempered expectations a bit, no flame to Vitality. Uh, but that, that was not what they wanted to see, especially putting uh, Hybrid on the Renekton. Vethio, when he wasn't on Zoe, when that was banned away, I think that started raising some red flags. What do you see coming out of this one? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to these two teams specifically, just watching how they progress over the entirety of the spring split, because I think both these teams are the teams to watch if you care about the rookies of the league. Because uh, I, I would say 2021 is probably the, the spiciest rookie class that we've had in the LEC. Um, and I, I get flashes of 2020 Mad Lions when I look at SK. You know, there's Tinks, there's Blue, there's Jezu, Treats. I know Treats played a handful of games in uh, LCS for, for TSM and, and, you know, spent a lot of time in, in TSM Academy. But he's still pretty, I consider him pretty fresh, pretty rookie-like. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I want to see, you know, what SK can, can do as a as a squad, as a very young squad, but a very talented squad as well. And these are players that I've been watching for a while at EU Masters, and I really want to see how they kind of take the next step. And similarly for, for Misfits, um, here it has been really, really good. I put him as my, <laughs> he was my top lane MVP for week one. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, Viteo had an absolute masterclass in his first game. Was Was a bit like, not, you know, didn't, but I mean, it's a very high bar he set for himself and he didn't live up to it in the, in, in the other games. But still, you know, we saw some great stuff from him and I'm, I I really want to see, you know, consistency out of him and, and how he plays moving forward. So, you know, that's I it mean, for he, me. he shut Humanoid completely out of that game. Yeah, he, he played, he, all in all, he had a very good week one and I think he's only going to get better. So these are both two teams that I think will grow with experience as the split goes on. And yeah, that's why I'm keeping my eyes on them. I'm so glad that you mentioned like the the, the rookies in because I, I agree. I mean, th- this rookie class does look really, really strong. There are so many of them. It, it feels like yeah. almost like DLCS, where for the first time in a while, it's like, oh my gosh, wait, we have like a lot of rookies. Teams are like investing in that. And we've had a separate discussion about maybe if if, if the LAC goes through rookies a little too quickly. But but I'm I'm glad that we got you on for this one because you like you said you, you've watched these guys a lot in EU Masters uh, and and Vethio, you know, again, I, I, my eyes are on him as far as champion pool and again look yeah it's like okay 
obviously he can play more champions. It wouldn't be as good as he did if he could just one-trick Zoe. That's not how getting to the top in League of Legends work, unless you're Viper, as, I suppose. But uh, that's <laughs> a separate discussion. I'm sorry. Uh, but, I, I mean, yeah, no, Hirat looked good. Uh, Kabe and Vander, look, we've, we've seen Kabe at his best. There's a reason the TSM wanted him. Uh, aside from Vethio, I guess you mentioned Hirat. Razork went crazy. Uh yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I thought I was going to have a question there. But I'm Gore, really Gore Drinker Olaf, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll he'll pull a pull his rabbit out of a hat. I mean, yeah, the, the Echo Jungle, that that was uh, the first, I think, and maybe last time uh, we see that one. with the uh, <laughs> Rocket Belt's good. I, I think, I don't know. I mean, that, that game, I think, fell apart for, uh, for maybe different reasons. And I think Vitality might not be the complete... Uh, dumpster fire that some people think they might be or maybe no one thinks they're a dumpster fire i don't know uh tyler do you think vitality are a dumpster fire no i mean they have some good pieces i think that right now like like fox said there's just a lot of young players trying to make a name for themselves like this rookie class is stacked like crazy stacked like just those guys coming from the rogue ago squad Mm. like they're so good Mm. and um i can see at least a few star players being born this year from this rookie class. Um, and it's going to make it even harder on the veterans to try and stand out when you've got all these young kids, like these young bucks coming in and, 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 and coming in, they're hungry. And you can tell by the way they're playing. So, yeah, teams like Misfits, SK, you know, Vitality, who's got like Sagenda in the top mm-hmm. lane, like like Mad Lions, Elioia and Armin, like these guys are ready and willing and that's one of the best reasons why, like one of the best things about the LEC is that you always have these really hungry rookies that are like, if you aren't performing, they're at the, they're at your ankles snapping because they're right there and they're ready to, to take over. Yeah. So fun facts for LEC as well. The only team that does not have a rookie this year uh, is Fnatic and G2. Every other team has a player that hasn't played before. You got Trimbium Rogue, well, plus, uh, yeah, Trim- Trimbium Rogue, loads of them are misfits. Astralis has Zanzara, Excel has Checkerlad, Shalka has Limit. I'm not sure if he's technically a rookie, but I'm going to count him as one anyway because he's very fresh face. Mad Lions has El Yoya, SK has a million of them, and uh, Vitality has Shigenda. So, so many rookies this year. On the subject of rookies, I would like to extend a little public service announcement to the community, if I may. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you may, yeah. Right, so, if you are a fan of the LEC and you see a player come up from EU Masters specifically regarding Viteo this this particular public service announcement is specifically regarding Viteo that player is not a one trick you cannot play in a competitive environment by being a one trick there's this very cool thing that Riot has implemented called bans if you can only play one champion, you will be banned out every single game and you cannot play the game. Viteo is a very, very good Zoe. Yes, he is a very, very good LeBlanc. Yes, he can also play pretty, pretty much every other mage that exists in the mid lane. Maybe he is not quite as good at them, but that is because people have champions they are better and they are worse at. That does not mean that they are a one trick. Sorry about that. Sass, I've sassy seen, Meg. <laughs> I've seen so much like discourse over the weekend of like, oh, but Viteo's just a Zoe one trick. You can just ban him out and he won't be able to play the game. It's just not how it works. Sure, he might not be able to play as well, but you don't get to this level by only being able to play one champion. Yeah, I mean, and that is my PSA over for this week. It's like, we've seen a few people who are known for a champion, but... It's like who he's Aurelian soul. 
You can play other stuff, he just happened to be very, very good at Aurelian Soul. And you draw a free ban, which in certain cases is incredibly useful. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, think, I think that is absolutely true, which is why I, I didn't, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the issues of you know, champion pool, I think, it, it, look, it does change a little bit, right? Like you said, when, uh, you know, yes, you can't make it to the top without, you know, by just one-tricking someone, but uh, I think there is maybe a, and again, I'm mostly just playing devil's advocate here, like, I think there is something to be said of, okay, well, at the top level, you might revert to those comfort picks, right? Like, um, and you've seen, it, it is a small sample size, but I, I am looking forward to seeing him pop off. So I would like to see that. I would like to see uh, more out of that uh, that Victor, for instance. Uh, or maybe even just, I don't know, I, we had a discussion about this during the break. Stick him out of Control Mage. Stick him on Oriana or Syndra. Uh, you know, if nothing else, just to shut up uh, the rest of the discourse. But <clears throat> moving on here, I... Uh, I, I was going to pick Misfits Rogue as my uh, my match to watch, and I do think that is, like, if you're looking just for fireworks, I do think that is the match to watch. But upon looking a little bit more, I think the most important match, period, of the 10 is Vitality Fnatic. Because I do think that Fnatic, right, they're they are one and two, but I think, look, if, if you just look at the teams that they've lost to, Misfits and Rogue, and then they kind of smacked uh, a very mediocre Shalka team. That's what they've got to do to Vitality. Because like we've talked about, the talent on this roster uh, is, you know, it, it's on par with G2 and Rogue. And those, what you do by, what you do when you get yourself immense amount of talent is you set the floor very high. You give yourself some liberties. They don't have quite G2, let's meme through the split and then turn it on at a best of five late sort of liberties. But they do have some liberties to test things for the sake of the future. And it, I would like to see either one, a little bit of experimentation, try something new from Fnatic, or they need to beat the absolute living dickens out of Vitality. They need to take out their frustrations, they need to get their mental right before that game against Mad Lions for when they need to look like a much more well-oiled machine. So I think, because you can only beat who's in front of you, guess what? Vitality's in front of you. They're one of the bottom two teams in the LEC. You've got to take care of business there. I, I don't think they have, like, the liberty to experiment right now. Not, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Because I mean, it's I, like, like, like you I, need the, you need to start winning now because of how your week one went. I mean, ma- right? like yes, but I, I think if if experimentation is going to lead to more, like you don't know what you don't know, and there is a certain amount of liberty you can take with talent. But I, I think no, I think there, I think you are right in the sense that if the wins don't start coming, it, it, it'll depend if they lose to Fnatic, why and how they lost to Fnatic or uh, to, to Vitality. Okay, I'll extend this one to Foxdrop, because obviously you will have seen a lot of Sigenda, Sigenda, I still can't pronounce his name, I change it every time I say it, Sigenda, um, in EU Masters. Do you think that my guy Sigenda, the shy gender, as I have exclusively (laughs) been referring to him since he started playing in the LEC, do you think he can carry this team through the top lane? Because he had an insanely strong performance, but it was a very, like farm-heavy performance on the Renekton. Do you think he can solo carry this team, or is that just not how he plays? Uh, so I think Sugendo is definitely one of the better tops that I've, I've ever seen in EU Masters. Like, hands down, I've like multiple years, multiple EUM tourneys, he's always been scary. Um, the question more, I guess, to answer that question is not necessarily, an answer, uh, not necessarily about his skill, but more the side of what kind of role will he play in the team specifically? Because I think he's ridiculously talented and we could very easily see him be like the next big EU top, like for sure. Um, but 
I don't know how much a top laner can one v nine right now, uh, especially mm-hmm. in like a jungle heavy match. Uh, jungle he- jungle heavy meta, excuse me. And I would say Skeens is looking like maybe their weakest member so far. Um, but again, he's also like really really fresh into the scene. He he has played before, but he's not exactly like I wouldn't call him a veteran or experienced at all. I still consider him more on the rookie side than anything else. Um, but I, I honestly think you know like with Shredenda and Milica in the in the mid lane as well. Like that's one of the. If you if you said this to me like maybe a year year ago, I'd say that's that is this is the future of mid and top. You know these these types of players. They are Damn, so okay. good in for our V Masters for sure, man. They they were genuinely that good. You know they were so good uh, in the regional leagues, and so yeah, I think we'll give them a bit of time for sure. Obviously, but I. I just, I just hope that the whole team isn't a dumpster fire because if if that's the case, it's really hard for one player to stand out. Right. Um. And and we, I see too much like teams giving up on rookies too early. Uh, you know, and just it just yeah. it aggravates, it vexes me as Meg would say. <laughs> and it's just, you know, even even um like Genax being moved to top lane, he was such a good mid laner in regional leagues, and then they got like one split with him in mid, they decided they don't want him mid, and now he's demoted to, well, demoted, but they're like, yeah, well, you, you've now got, to, if you want to stay on the team, you have to go play top. Move over to top, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Mad Lions with, um, I mean, Aroma is fair enough. Is it Mad Lions I'm thinking of here? No, 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 it's Misfits, sorry. So Misfits, there was talks about Razork leaving as well. He had like a ridiculously strong spring split and a okay summer split. And wait, they were, wait, were going to replace him? Well, not. They, I don't. I don't know if there are any truth to the rumors, but there were there were like mumblings that maybe they were okay. kind of like. They would have the lost waters. the off season straight up if they'd done that. Yeah, I, He's I so agree. Well, if nothing I else, because someone else would have snapped him up. Yeah, and it's just like, why is that? Why am I even hearing rumors of this? You know, like mm, <laughs> why? True. But yeah, then maybe that's just complete and utter total, and there was nothing to it. But still, I just think you got you got to give him time. And I completely deviated from your initial initial question here, Meg, but. Yeah, that is I fine by me. <laughs> Shijinder is uh, is he's very 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 good, and I'm very high on him uh, going into into uh, spring for sure. Speaking of things that are very 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 good, uh, G2 are playing Astralis, and uh, Tyler, this is <laughs> a bit of a, a bit of your uh, uh, match match to watch. Which uh, t- taking bets here, let's just let's just go around the room, rapid fire. Uh, what would assuming a G2 win? How lo- how fast do we think? this game would be over. Unless you don't think that G2 win, which I don't think that's a guarantee, personally. Uh, I say right now, G2 wins in under 25 minutes. Uh, I think that this is a game where they can maybe try out some stuff. Um, just because at the end of the day, unless, like, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to say that. I just think that G2 has too much power, fire, like uh, firepower that, like, they can just kind of explore a little bit. It's either that or they just want to get off the get out of the game and just stomp them in 20 like 23 minutes or something uh yeah. but i think that they're gonna win in under 25 depends, I would if, just... depends what time their raid schedule is <laughs> yeah, yeah, i would yeah, just yeah. like to revisit something that hank just said sorry what was that this win is not guaranteed could we just could we i don't just know roll I don't, I... back on that one a second i i do not think this is guaranteed look th- this this is really the team... No, not at all. No, you're, you're not just playing devil's advocate here. For no, Astralis. No, I'm legitimately not. Look, look. I think I think there is a se- I, I said it before. I think there is a seventy percent chance that G two win, but I think there is it is not out of the wrong possibility at all that Astralis win because Astralis are going to play with nothing to lose because they know that they are going up against an unstoppable force. So screw it. Look, like, like we talk about why 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 a lot of rookie teams are as successful as they are is because they play with this 
look, I, I need to prove something here. They're not thinking about what if I fail? Because that's not, a, for rookies, that's not an option. For Astralis, screw it. Like, it, it doesn't matter if they fail because, oh, it's a, it's a G2. They have nothing to lose. And G2, look, they are going to experiment. They are going to have fun. They are going to, you know, sprint it at some points. Look, I think they will win, but I don't think it's a guarantee at all. This is the team that gave Schalke its first win uh, when they were an absolute <laughs> raging dumpster fire in spring. Let us not forget. We are, we are not that's even fair. one year removed from that. So... I don't think it's a guarantee at all. I do think they'll win. I think if they win, it'll be 25 minutes, like Tyler said. But I, I, to say that this is a guarantee, write it in pen, I think that's foolish. I just want to say, um, so I, I participate in a few Twitch Rivals. And Twitch Rivals in EU is very different to how it is in NA. In NA, you've got a lot of personalities, and uh, it's a pretty cool event. In EU, you just you have players playing for the prize money, and it's like filled with regional league players and other challenger players and... Yeah, it's so a real when, different. So when someone like me gets invited, uh, I can tell you I play like I had nothing to lose, and <laughs> hey, that didn't bring me home the dub. So I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. It's not yeah. necessary enough by itself. I'm gonna paraphrase. Um, I was listening to the the Euphoria podcast this morning, and they had a segment where they had people send in their um, their hot takes about. Um, the LEC and I'm going to paraphrase what someone else said on there to avoid having to say it myself and someone tweeted I've seen EU West clash teams that have more synergy than Astralis and I don't want to say that myself so I'm going to paraphrase what this person on Euphoria said I think if G2 lose this then they have like they just clicked on the Nexus and like walked hands off keyboard i don't think there's Just any yeah my... i don't think there's any conceivable this is going to come back and bite me in the ass i already know but like there's no conceivable universe in which g2 lose this game absolutely not not a chance yeah the, like when you said 70 percent, i'm like bro this is like 98 percent. this is like like I, I, I think is... they'll win, and I think if they win, it'll be a stomp. But it's not guaranteed. Maybe seventy hey. percent is a little bit of hyperbole. Okay, hey. fine. 80, 85. Se- but eighty-five no, is the highest I'll go. No, wow. no, no. G two is the the hand sanitizer. Ninety-nine percent effective rate <laughs> against Astralis. There is no seventy percent. Also, G2's... this is actually an insane strat because if Astralis win, you will look like you have the hugest brain. The biggest in this the entirety of take. this is a very like I, I don't even think this is like a scalding take i don't like look i don't know maybe, maybe i don't know my own take. genius you're giving astralis a 30 percent chance to win against one of the against the best team in your in the west with with <laughs> the biggest spring split i decide when i want to play and show up and maybe reckless changes that look maybe i've still got you know maybe i haven't accounted for the reckless buff the reckless mental kind of seriousness whatever that, that's very very possible i'll concede that uh, but all I'm saying is this is not guaranteed. Uh, it is guaranteed, man. No. This is... Yeah. Hey, I, I'll buy do, you do a skin if Astralis wins. keep this going, or... Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll put, it, we'll put a skin on the line. If Astralis <laughs> win this game, then Tyler has to buy Hank a skin. You're gonna I think give that's my fair. money away by betting. Yeah, that's, that's awfully I can't courageous buy of you, skin. Meg. Let's put a skin on the line. Let's put Tyler's money on the line. Let's put Tyler's money on I the line I mean, I will PayPal Tyler the money. I can't gift wow. you the skin because I'm not on NA, but I will PayPal Tyler that money to get you a skin if Astralis win. You can buy the most expensive skin in the game and I will wow. pay for it with my hard-earned cash because there is no way Astralis And if G2 win, I'll do the reverse for you, Meg, but only 975 skins. <laughs> hmm. I feel like I lose and out here. 
I mean, I, I, look, I'm trying to make the wager on on, on how uh, on, on how favored these two teams are. I'm not going to do it straight up because I because I've never I've never believed that this was a fifty fifty. That would be foolish of me. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll take that bet. All right. We can't handshake because we're on we're in different time zones and on opposite sides of the world. But uh, <laughs> audio virtual. handshake on that bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There's absolutely no way. Heck, you just lost 975 RP. That's okay. That's okay. As the freest bet of Meg's life. All right. Well, that, I think that is a, that is as good a point as any to uh, to wrap it up here. Thank you all so much for being here, dear listeners. A big thank you to uh, to Meg and Tyler, of course, and a, a big thank you to Foxdrop uh, for joining us from a time zones away uh, from me. Anyway, we do appreciate appreciate all your insight on. Uh, on Eve Masters, all these rookies that are coming up. It is shaping up to be a very, very exciting split. Um, yeah, Foxtrot, thank you so much for being here, and we uh, we wish you all the best, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and hopefully you guys can uh, listen to me on LEC if I ever get to go over there. Oh, the, the, the UK situation sure is yeah. something, huh? It's an absolute fiend, and I am beyond vexed at this beyond point. Beyond vexed? <laughs> you hear that, Mike? Well, for uh, for Fox Drop's sake and for everybody else's sake, we do hope that that's a possibility. Thank you all for being here. Uh, wherever you're listening to us, make sure to give us a subscribe, five stars, rating, comment, reviews, etc., whatever the equivalent is on whatever platform you are listening to us on, and that is Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, as well as Spotify. Thank you all so much for being here. This has been the Critical Strike Podcast. We will see you 